Thank you, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun to be here. You guys doing all right? Yeah. I had him change the lights a little bit so I can see a little bit. It's like rock star status in here. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you guys doing okay? I'm just getting a look at you really quick because, uh, you know, I like doing that a little bit. And just, oh, look at that. Hey, there's people in here. That's awesome. So good. Well, it's been fun. We feel like family, too. Yeah, I do like that. I'm sorry. You probably, you're in the back. You probably hate it. I mean, you probably sat in the back for a reason, but that's okay. No worries. You know what I'm saying? You hide, kids. Lay. I, sometimes I sit in the back, and it's mostly my kids, to be honest. That's the one bonus you get when you parents. You just blame everything on, like, oh, the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids. That's the, that's the best. If you're single and you're late, that's your fault. Grow. Get better. Do you know what I mean? So if you got kids and you're late, I understand completely. You are forgiven. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk to you for a little bit. Um, we're going to hang out. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Listen, here's what they told me. They said that you are like, you are a, a, an amening, clappy, encouraging when you preach church. Is this... Thank you. Thank you, Lyle. Is it, besides Lyle, is anybody else uh, that's good in my team? Because you, I basically, I appreciate that. But they, they have to. Okay, all the pastoral staff, thank you. Um, so here's what we're, we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to read a bunch of scripture. So if you get your Bibles, you sh- you sh- if you brought your Bibles, uh, you should get them out. Uh, this is church. If not, uh, hold your iPhone. Pretend like you have the app on your iPhone and open that. Uh, it makes you look like you're prepared in church a little bit. So we're going to talk for, for a little bit. It's, uh, you guys are starting a, uh, a theme, right? You have themes every month which, with T-shirts. Yeah. This is something we do not have, but I'm, I'm stealing T-shirts while we're here. So, uh, so the theme uh, this month is? Do you guys all know that? triumph because you got the you got the the instagram thing this morning huh i got it too by the way so triumph so we're going to talk to you a a a little bit we're going to here's my hope today is that you would leave feeling uh, loved and valued and encouraged and then we're going to talk to you we're going to highlight a couple just scriptures that most of you would probably know uh but some people in the bible that really fought uh for their win triumph just really means a big win and some of us in this room just need a big win you know what I mean? Like we just, we need a win. How many of you would raise your hand and you just say, I need a win? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I need, if you put your hand down in faith, just help me out. How many of you would say, I need a win? Please all raise your hand yeah. at the moment. That's how, that's how it goes at this church. So, okay. So we're going to talk. If you have your Bible, which you should all have, uh, open your Bible to uh, Mark chapter 5. We're going to read some scripture today, and then we're going to paraphrase some today. I have a, a bunch of scripture to get through, so we'll see how far we get. Um, but it'll be, it'll be a fun day. You guys with me? Yeah. All right. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. Chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, and a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years uh, and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had was not helped at all but rather had grown worse. And after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak, for she thought, if I just touched his garment, I will be well. Immediately the flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed for her affliction. 
Immediately, Jesus, perceiving himself that the power had proceeded from him, had gone forth. He turned around and said to the crowd, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in all around you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around, and he saw the woman who had done this. And the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. We're going to talk today about getting your win, finding your breakthrough. So uh, the first thing I want to say, there's a whole bunch of really good things here. Uh, this, is a, this is a whole hour-long sermon for most preachers. I'm going to do this little part in about two minutes. So work with me a little bit. Listen, there's a couple things that are, that are extremely, extremely important. Uh, the first is when the, when the Bible says she thought, that word there is actually she declared. She said something. It wasn't just a thought in her head. It was actually something that she did with her mouth. Ready? Everybody say, I declare. I declare. Listen, if you are going to find Jesus showing up for you, it has to be more than just your thought life. All that's valuable. It has to come out of your mouth. That you make declarations for a reason. That nothing in the kingdom is done until something is said and something is declared. Right? When Jesus went and said, he told his disciples, we're going to go to the other side. Right? He, he, I, love, I love this story. He declared, come out with me. That he just doesn't think things, he declares things. That, that God's given you the power in your tongue to declare the things of God and see them happen. So this woman declared, said, if I can just touch his garment, I'm going to be healed. In that moment, she made a decision about what was going to happen to her, not just what she was going to do. Right? So sometimes... If this makes sense to some of you, sometimes you need to have faith for the outcome before you start the process. Sometimes you have to do that. So she declared, and then we all know the story. She touched his garment. Here's what I like to do. When I read the scripture, when I read the Bible, whoa, that's, that's there. There you go. There's no step there, FYI. I just want to let you all know that's no step there. Anyway, sometimes when I preach, I just put it over just to see. I'm like, Lord, are we, nope, I, not, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you just want to give you like, Lord, I'm going to step out. And you're like, oh, nope. The Lord said, get your butt back on the stage. So, okay. Um, it is, it's important to know that, that sometimes when you are going after your breakthrough, when you're going after that win, the thing that you're going after many times is hidden by people around you. That she had to press in for something, but she had to press through people to get it. Yeah. Let me just say this. Most of the time, those people that you have to press through are really annoying people right. in your life. Right. It is set up that way by God. Right. right? So when I read scripture, I put myself in the position of, of the person that I'm reading. And I think to myself, if, if I'm in the position of that woman trying to press in what am I experiencing right now? What do I have to do to get ready? She was, she was a, a potentially weak and frail woman given her illness and her sickness. And she had to see Jesus with a crowd around him, right? Knowing that Jesus is in there somewhere. If a crowd's pushing against him, she just has to know the thing I need is in there somewhere and I gotta go get it. So what does she have to push through to get what she needs? People, right? More than just people, she has to push through fear, yep. right? Yep. What if she gets hurt, stepped on, trampled, pushed away, yeah. right? Yeah. 
She has to push through insignificance, right? She has to push through, what else? Potentially jealousy, anger, frustration. Listen, there's, there's been so many moments in, in life. You can probably, if you're taking notes, you could probably list your moments in life when you had to push through something to, to get to where God wanted you to go. When I was thinking about this earlier, I, I just thought, man, some of my biggest breakthroughs in life have happened because I made the right decision in the right moment to get through somebody, not a situation, but somebody to get to the Lord. I remember, I remember this moment in my life when I was sitting on a promise, a word from God, feeling like, man, I got this word for breakthrough in my life. And uh, long story short, I was in this meeting and the exact thing I was going after, the exact thing I felt like the Lord had for me in my life was given to somebody else. And in that moment, jealousy rose up and all this stuff rose up. And I thought they got the thing They have access to the thing that I want. In those moments, you have to decide what are you going to do about that. And you have to push through the person. Listen, this is is church for most people, right? Right. For a lot of people, they come to church and somebody else is getting the thing that they want. And you're going to have to to have enough fortitude in yourself to go, I'm going to push through that to get what God has for me. You have to do that. It's important. When I wrote this, I, I didn't mean this, but when I wrote this, I felt a little bit like T.D. Jakes deep down because I wrote, sometimes you have to push through to get your breakthrough. And I, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. That's just one. That one's for free. So it's, uh, but sometimes, sometimes you really have to do that. It's important that you do that. Let's go to the next one. In Mark chapter five, verse 22, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I used to read this, funny enough, when I was, when I was a lot younger, um, my dad had this old album. I don't know if anybody would know this, but this old guy, I don't even know who he is really, but some guy named Don Francisco. You guys know who this guy is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who he is? Oh, there you go. Yeah, he wasn't Mexican, but that's okay. That's good. I'm, all Latin people are like, I know that guy. He lives across the street. No, listen. That's not true. Um, I... Uh, I used to listen to this, this song, and so this song captivated my heart, but let's read this in scripture. Uh, one of the synagogue officials, he was a ruler in the synagogue named uh, Jarius, uh, upon seeing him, fell at his feet, he was looking at Jesus, and implored him, earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Uh, you're going to skip down to uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Uh, and while he was speaking, they came to the house of the synagogue official, and they came and said, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what had been spoken, uh, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. Entering in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father, mother, and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. And taking the little child by the hand, he said to her, uh, I say to you, get up. And immediately the little girl began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately uh, they were all astounded. Listen, this is, this is vital. Because sometimes 
if you're gonna get your breakthrough, if you're gonna see triumph in your life, you have to begin to kick everybody out of your house that lacks faith. That everybody who's laughing at the thing that God wants to do in your life, right? Some of you have dreams that are in your heart that God wants to do. And the only reason you're not accomplishing those dreams is because there's somebody who's laughing at you, making a commotion in your life. This is beautiful because Jesus, the man who's full of faith, right? This is Jesus we're talking about. He does something incredible. Even he takes three people who he can trust and kicks everybody out of the way so that he can see a miracle in, in this little girl's life. It's, it's amazing. Here's what I love. I love being around people with, with a ton of faith, right? Because there's so many people without. If you're going to hang around my life on any consistent level, you have to be full of faith. You have to be a champion of people. But here's the best way I can describe it. I, I, when I first got married, I had 100 people come up to me and tell me how hard marriage was, right? And then when I had a kid for the first time, my wife, Leah, she's pregnant, I had 100 people go, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Just ready. And then you have, my kids are old now, so my oldest is 13. They're not really old, but 13 and all the way down to six. And when you get in the two stage, people go, oh, it's the terrible twos. And then they're preteens. You're like, oh, my goodness, they're preteens. And now teenagers, you're like, just wait. Wait till they become teenagers. These are stupid people. Can I just be honest with you? These are people that have a messed up life trying to make me have a messed up life. This is what, this is what these people are. Listen, you have to kick those people out. Kick them out of your flipping house. You know what I'm saying? Listen, God made marriage. Marriage is beautiful and wonderful. Right? Right? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've... I've never had a bad day in marriage. Have I, had, have I had unique, challenging moments? But just moments. God uses those moments to grow you, but you don't have to have bad days, right? Little babies, are, are you tired? Yeah, you're supposed to be tired. Do you not think God knew what was gonna happen to your life when you had a baby? It doesn't mean it has to be hard, right? It's the, it's the season that you're in growing. Terrible twos, people are ridiculous terrible. That's when kids start doing stuff. When they're babies, they don't do anything. You lay them there, you're like, do something. They don't do nothing. <laughs> Serious. When I had my first kid, I was like poking the, you know what I mean? Your first kid, you're like, wake up, open your eyes, right? Do any new parents do that? I was, I'd come home and I'd be like, wake the kid up. And Leah's like, what are you doing? Dummy, Put, leave the kid asleep. Nah, wake up. <laughs> you know, real, real brand new babies. You're like, look at me. Oh, I, just to grab their little face, open your eyes. Cause they don't, cause they don't do anything, you know, finally when they're two, they do stuff, right? Preteen years, I, like it just gets better. Can I just be honest with you? It just gets better. It's my favorite. But so many people say so many negative things cause they lack faith and they want you to cry like them, right? You can't have those people around your life. Sometimes you have to be on a mission to do what God asks you to do and not listen to anybody else. Not listen to anybody else. Here's my favorite. I have my, my little boy. So I have, I have boy, boy, girl, boy. And my little one, who I love deeply. I love all of them. The girl may be a little bit more than all the other ones. But I love all of them. My little one is, uh, is God growing me in my life. This is, this is God's word to me to grow. So my little one is unique and amazing. And uh, yeah. So I'm, anyway, 
Can I say this? He's very Mexican, this little kid. He's too Mexican for his own good, this little boy I got, right? So his mom, his mother is not. Somehow, it all went to this little kid at the end. I don't know what happened. We were on vacation. So the, I, I, I married into a phenomenal family. And so if you know anything about Bethel, the senior pastor of Bethel is my father-in-law. So job security. So this is basically what it is. So uh, we were on vacation together as a family. And we were in this hotel hallway. My little boy is probably four. And I'm walking with my father-in-law. It's just me and him together. You know, and I'm the son-in-law. I'm the only son-in-law he has. So, you know, at this point, I'm not, I'm not nervous anymore, but I like to be seen as a good dad. You know what I mean? I'm a pretty good dad. So I remember my kids walking down the hall, maybe, maybe five feet in front of me and, me and Bill, and I say, Cruz, and I get no response. Cruz, nothing. <laughs> he keeps walking. Louder. Cruz, like I'm not even there. At this point, I'm panicked, right? Because you're like, that's my father-in-law. He speaks and people like jump and stuff, right? I get my own kid who's ignoring me. I'm sweating right now. I'm like, I'm just, please answer me so I don't look like a punk dad in front of my father-in-law. So loud, man. I'm, and I, I put on the full daddy mode. Cruz, not anything. Finally, Bill, Bill, keep in mind, we, here's what we're doing. We're on our, he's on his way to go swimming, and he's four. This is a vital moment in his life at four years old. So my father, Bill, puts on like the Jesus voice, right? It's like, it's like the Lord out of heaven calling you. He's like, Cruz, your daddy's talking to you. This is what, it, this is what it's like. That's what he said. Cruz, your daddy's talking to you. Cruz walked, looked back and go, I know, I heard him, and keeps walking. I wonder. He's four years old. I was like, I'm going to break your neck. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is in front of one of the men I admire most, his fatherhood. And, and my kid just punked me in front of my own father-in-law. And he's four years old. He's four. It's not even like my teenager's punking me. My four-year-old is like, screw you, dad. You know what I mean? So it's horrible. It's the truth. Listen, here's what I realized. That little kid was on a mission. He was trying to get somewhere at four years old. And there was nobody, including his own father, that was going to take him away from that kiddie pool. This where he was at. So many times we need to be more like a little kid on a mission than how we are getting distracted by people around us. Right? We can talk about this a lot. But I think it's time for dreams to begin to come true. Right? For things that you thought were dead in your life to raise back up because you listen to the right voice. Listen, so many times in my life, it really has been, honestly, it's, it's, it's been because I've been around the right person. God uses people. And you have to just, I would do an inventory, maybe not right now, but when you go, do an inventory of your friends, do a little friends checklist and go, who is influencing my life toward my dreams and my vision? Who's doing that? Right? I mean, I got a lot of stories, but some of my best moments have been because I've been around the right person at the right time who got a word from God and, and said, listen, they're, they're not dead. That thing's not dead. You know, they're going to be okay. And, and we're going to go in together and we're going to kick everybody else out and we're going to find breakthrough and we're going to leave triumphant out of this room together because, because we're doing this in faith. Listen, you guys have to have friends like that around your life. 
Ready for the next one? Okay, see, this is good. Now we're flowing. Now we're doing good. Okay, Luke 5, verse 4. This is when Jesus called uh, Peter, James, and John. I'll paraphrase this one. Uh, Jesus was finished speaking, and he, he went in Simon Peter's boat, and he told, he told uh, Simon Peter, hey, let's go out into the deep water and put your nets down and catch fish. Right. Peter said this. Peter said, Lord, we've done that all night. Right. We, have, we just did that. And then Peter says something amazing. He says, but upon your word, we'll do it again. Here's what the Bible says. They let down their net. So much fish came in that Peter had to call all of his friends to come get the fish. The Bible continues to say that there was so much fish between the two boats that both boats were so filled with fish, they began to sink, right? And then when they got back to shore, you know, there was all the, Lord, you're amazing. There was all that stuff. Here's... Here's what I want to say about finding your breakthrough, about finding your triumphal moment. It is sometimes we think it's about doing a new thing. And we say all the time, God's doing a new thing, which is, which is true. It's an accurate statement. But many times God isn't just doing a new thing. He wants you to do the same thing you did the day before. He just wants to breathe on it differently. Right? Some of us go, Lord, I did that already. I just... I just did that, and I didn't get any breakthrough. Nothing happened. And God's just saying, just do it one more time. Because wow. I'm on it this time. Yeah. Here's the deal. If we can say yes to the Lord, not only do we find breakthrough, but our friends and our family find breakthrough. Right? Some of you are, are <laughs> some of us pray for friends and family when God wants to do something through you to reach them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That. That's a key, and that, that's important. That's good. I want to say this, that it's not, it's not always the most gifted or the most talented, the most anointed person in the room. Listen, I, I, I love what I do. Never in life would I ever thought I get to, I get to do the things I do and, and lead the amazing students that I lead and travel a little bit and do any of that stuff. I, was, I went to school of ministry just like them, first class ever, worst one. Can I just be fair? 100% honest. Nobody in, nobody in their right mind would think I would do this. This is the honest truth, Right? After, the years after I got done, uh, our, the dean of the school, it was a smaller school back then, dean of the school would stand up and go, here's what an example of proper homework looks like, and here's what an example of poor homework looks like. And that example was my work <laughs> with the name whited out. This is true. It hurt my feelings when I first say, Dan's like, I, I use you in school. And I'm like, oh, really? That's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy you use me. He's like, yeah, I use you for what not to do. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Thank you. You know, thanks for that. It's never, it's, it usually isn't the, the most gifted, the most talented, the most anointed. You know who it usually is? It's the most obedient. Usually, usually it's that person. It's the most obedient person. Right? God, God just is looking for you to say yes to him. Most often, our breakthrough comes after saying yes. I said this first service, and I, I, I thought about it then, but sometimes, sometimes we say, well, God's not speaking to me. It's because you said no too much. Right? Here's, here's what's true. You're accountable for what he says to you. Well, we, we'd all agree with that, right? If we're accountable for what he says, and then he says something, and then we don't do it, God is trying to save your life. And God goes, mm, I'll just quit. They can love me, but I'm going to quit talking for a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Otherwise, you can get yourself in trouble yeah. because you're disobedient, wow. right? Wow. 
So sometimes obedience just means saying yes. So I talked to a ton of people. They're like, I wish God would talk to you more. I said, I, God probably wishes you would say yes more. Wow. He, he, would, he would talk a lot if we would engage with his, with his, with his yes. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to do that a lot more. Listen, some, and say yes and work through, work through the outcome of your yes. Yes doesn't always mean easy. Right? Yes means outcome. Not easy. I shared this story. I'll, I'll do it really quick. Um, I think it's a funny story, to be honest. You might not laugh, but I think it's funny. So I, I grew up in Southern California, real, real South. This is Southern. I am way, I'm way Southern. I'm like Mexican Southern, right? So Southern California, I grew up 15 minutes from the border uh, in Southern California on the, on the lower Eastern part of California, which is basically nothing. It's brown. Everything's brown. Mexicans are brown. Dirt's brown. Everything's brown where I live. The sun's out and everything turns brown. It's hot and gross. So, but, but long story short, came to Reading, got married. So my, my, my family I married into, they're a, they, they hunt. They're a hunting. Anybody here hunt? No? Okay. We're, so that's fine. One guy. Praise the Lord. Jesus loves you. It's in the Bible. Go kill and eat. You're welcome. So... But listen, I'm in the city. So this, to be fair, I'm like you. Do you hunt? No. I used to joke. I, Bill's like, have you ever hunted? I'm like the white kids down the street. That's all we hunted when we were. But that's, but that's not accurate. That is not an accurate statement. That is a Hispanic joke, which, which just don't make them. Okay, so, um, uh, so married in this family, Bill said, we're going to go hunting. So I'm like, great, I'm down. I've never done it, but I'm so happy to do it. So mostly I'm just trying to, I'm trying to say yes to Bill, really, right? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to impress, bro. It's all I'm trying to do. So I go buy boots and I buy the gear. I'm geared out because I figured being Hispanic, if you, can't, if you can't hunt well, you look good hunting. You know what I'm saying? Look good. So I got, I got the gear. I'm geared out, ready to go. I don't know the first thing about hunting. So I buy new boots. You don't buy, I, you don't buy new, new stuff to hunt in. So we went to Montana, which... I hi- you should all go to Montana. There's nothing. Just listen. I did kill my deer at the end. I'm gonna tell you the story. But I killed my deer mostly because he stopped because he never saw a brown person before. <laughs> so, so my deer was like, "What's that? I don't know what that is." And I shot him. Right when he looked at me, I boom, I shot him. This is the truth. He, my 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 brother-in-law Brian. He was this is honest. He was running away from Brian and stopped to look at me. That's the honest. <laughs> That is not a joke. That is fully, I, that's honest. So that's a long story. But that's what I tell people. I'm like, he just never seen Mexican before. And he was like, what is that person? So, but I'm, I go hunting and Bill says, we're going to go and, we, and you're going to go with this guy and you're going to go up on this thing. I was walking in the, in the woods for a half hour, half an hour before I thought to myself, I'm going to die on this mountain. Everything hurt, Right. And a half out, feet hurt. I never hunted before. Listen, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am actively trying to do gym things, which is not fun. Let's be honest. Most people go to the gym and I'm like, the gym has done its thing. They're done. I don't know why you keep going. I look at you and go, the gym has finished its work in you. Go home, right? Rarely do you go to the gym and you're like, oh yeah, me and you, bro, we're here because we're supposed to be. Most people are like, oh, you're here because I don't know why. I would be a McDonald's if I looked like you, but I don't. So, but I'm, I'm walking, 
I'm walking to this deal and I'm in the woods and I'm, I'm dying. And I don't know what's happening with me and I think I'm gonna die in these woods. This is the, this is the worst experience of my life. Uh, I'm gonna go to the next point. Here's, here's what I need to tell you from, from that experience. When you, say, when you say yes to something, sometimes it's not always easy. But you have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, right? Your prize, the thing, that got, the thing you're going after is at the end of your journey, right? But you, but you have to say yes to things. If you're gonna have, listen, nowhere growing up in Southern California did I ever think I would be in the woods in Montana carrying a gun looking for an animal. This is not the thing that I think about ever. But do you honestly, this, I know it's a weird metaphor, but follow me. Do you know how you can have crazy experiences with God? Go places you never thought you could go, do things you never thought you could do. You have to say yes first, right? And then God takes you somewhere. It's important, it's important that you learn to say yes in the midst of, in the midst of crazy. It's important you just, you gotta get in the race. Listen, the race isn't to the fastest. It's to the people with the most endurance. And some of us just have to get in the race. We, got, we gotta do something. All right, okay, time. You ready? You guys doing okay? All right, Luke 5, 16 goes on to say, but Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. Let me just point this out. You, sometimes your breakthrough is found when nobody else is around. It's found in the, in the wilderness places. Some of us have to get there. Some of us become too comfortable with people around us. And you have to go somewhere where you can be with you and the Lord to work out your stuff. So many times I hear believers when, when we ask, how are you doing? You know, they give, they give Christian answers, right? And Christian answers for, for most people when they're doing bad is, I'm just in a wilderness, I'm having a wilderness experience. And here's my, here's my frustration. Some, sometimes they think that's bad. The Bible says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. That, that God led Jesus there. Some of you are having wilderness experiences because you're following the Lord and you think it's bad and God's trying to teach you something. God's trying to help you learn something in the wilderness so he can get you all alone because he's jealous for you. He wants you. Do, do you will you get tempted in the wilderness? Yeah, but you also come out with power in the wilderness. Right? You'll find, you'll find something you didn't find before in the wilderness. The wilderness isn't a bad thing. Jesus went there on purpose. We have to change our perspective on what breakthrough looks like, on what triumph looks like. Sometimes you have to go through something to get something, right? I, I love, I said this before, I love what Katie said last night. If you, you weren't here last night, Katie preached it. She killed last night. But here's, here's what she said. It was so good, I wrote it down. I might get it wrong word for word, but here's what she said. Sometimes blessing or convenience looks like blessing. When God's not looking for, for convenience, he wants sacrifice. Sometimes our, our comfort looks like, oh man, God's blessed me. Yep. Wow. Wow. We, we sit comfortable and we go, God, is, God has blessed me. Look, look at what God, look how awesome it is. Right. What God is saying, no, no, I'm trying to lead you to the wilderness by yourself, yeah. to the desolate places where you can be uncomfortable wow. because that's where sacrifice is and that's where I want to meet you, yeah. right? Wow. Sometimes you only hear the voice of God and you find him in the wilderness. Yeah. Right? There was one person declaring the voice of the Lord, right? Before anybody else, it was a man named John the Baptist. And if you wanted to hear about him, about Jesus, you had to get to the wilderness where he was wow. to find out about Jesus. Some, wow. Sometimes we have to do that. Can I do one more with you? Yes. And, then, and then we'll be done. Yes. 
All right. I love that. I'll just paraphrase. There was a, this is Luke 5, 18. We'll paraphrase this one. There was a, a lame man who uh, couldn't walk. He was on a stretcher. The Bible says that his friends were trying to get him to see Jesus. Similar, similar to the woman with the issue of blood, except they couldn't press into Jesus. Jesus was in a house. He was surrounded by people and they couldn't get in to see him. The Bible says what they did is they, they took the man on the stretcher and his friends took him on the roof. And the Bible says the friends dug out the roof because back then the roofs were made of, uh, of dirt. So they dug out the roof and they lowered the friend in so that he could get before Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, Jesus, seeing their faith, said to this man, your sins are forgiven. Whose faith did he see? The friend's faith, right? There's, there's two things I wanna point out. And then we're gonna stand up and we're gonna pray together and students are gonna pray for you. It's gonna be awesome. One is that sometimes we just have to gather around the right people. We need enough friends to take us to meet Jesus. But, but more importantly, I wanna say this. I think it's important that we become like those friends and that we as a body of believers would be so passionate about having people come before Jesus that we would take people in our community, around our neighborhood, people that we care about, people that we love, people that are on stretchers, people that can't walk, and we would tear the roof off for them. And, that we, and we would have so much faith that God could do something in their life that we would lower them to be put in front of Jesus. This is what, this is what sharing the gospel is. This is what inviting people to church looks like. This is why we do it, so that we can, we can take hurting, broken, sick people, and we can lower them and put them in a position to receive from God. The Bible said that in that position, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And then he said, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, take up this bed and walk? And he commanded the man who couldn't walk to take up his bed and walk. And from that point on, he walked and he found his miracle. Listen, we need to be so passionate about showing people who Jesus really is, that not only do they get saved, but they get healed and delivered as well. This would be a place where God would show up in power. But he, but he shows up because some people can't get to him on their own. Let's stand up together. Listen, some people can't get to Jesus on their own. I was just, uh, just because we're, we're here for a week, we took all the students down to, down to Broadway. I know you guys are all locals, so you don't go to Broadway anymore. But I just, you know, I've been there once. I just wanted students to experience. Here, we, we walk down the street, you know, and, you know, it's Broadway, right? So there's unique people dressed in very unique ways uniquely hurting and uniquely broken and, and needing, needing him, right? I mean, I mean they, they could physically walk, but spiritually they were, they were lame. Here's what, here's what they needed. They needed someone to go, I, I know what you need. His name is Jesus and I can, and I can get you there. I can, I can tear the roof off for you and lower you down so that you can sit at the, at the foot of the person that can solve all of your problems. This is what our responsibility is as believers, is not just to be triumphant in our heart, but to lead other people to their place of triumph so they can walk away from meeting the best thing that ever happened to them. And his name is Jesus. Let's hold hands together. We're gonna pray. The students can actually come up here. Well, here's what we wanna do. I wanna pray for you and then 
Our students wanna, wanna pray and prophesy over anybody that, that wants it or that needs it. I would encourage you, if you need a word from God, if you need healing in your body in any way, if you just need to be encouraged and loved on, these are some of the best people on the planet to do it. We've been here for a few days. We've already seen people saved and it's been amazing and, and uh, it's, been, it's been phenomenal. But this is, for us, we're so happy to be here. This is a week-long trip for us. This is your community that you live in. That, that you get to be the ones who consistently choose to do the work for the people around you. Consistently choose to, to take people and lower them in front, in front of God. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray for you. But as we pray, just in your own heart, just pray for the person on your right and left. Father, I pray that this amazing community of believers, this amazing family would be known for love, Lord. They would be known for the people that they take and lay at your feet so people can not only find salvation, but they can find healing. Lord, that what happens to a person on the inside would be matched by the freedom they experience on the outside. Lord, this, this house, this amazing place, this, this place we call legacy wouldn't just be a name, but it would be what it leaves in a community is, is a legacy. It would be what the people of this church are known for is leaving a legacy that, that people that, that come here, that find Jesus, that they would never, ever be the same, that lives would be changed forever and ever. That hurting, broken, destitute in heart and in their physical body would come and find you because somebody was willing to tear the roof off to get people to meet you. Lord, we pray that that would be Father, the legacy of this house is that people came here and found Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place and what you're, what you're gonna do. It's, it's amazing. And so we prophesy greatness and we prophesy triumph and we say, Lord, go above and beyond. We can even ask or think. Lord, let us say yes to you in the most amazing ways. Let us push through for you. Let us find breakthrough for you. Lord, help us to, to do all the right things in all the right seasons, Lord. But our first, our first passion is to simply love you no matter what, every single day. Lord, help us to do that as a community and as a family of believers. Help us to love you every single day and represent who you are to people around us, no matter where we go or what we do. Help us to demonstrate your love to people, no matter what. Everybody said, amen. amen. Allison's gonna come. Yeah, let's give Gabe a round of applause. Thank you, Gabe. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, the BSSM team is here to pray for you, with you this morning. If you just want a word, if you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer, please come. We have plenty of people here to serve you and pray for you. If you're sick or if you just have never met Jesus before and you want to know what we're talking about, please come. Let us pray with you this morning. A couple of announcements. This Wednesday night, we have team night. It's amazing. It's for anybody and everybody who serves here, who who wants to serve, who's just all in for what we're doing here at Legacy Nashville. Um, we want to invite you 7 p.m. here 
everybody's invited. We have childcare available for that. And also, before you head out, in the seat back in front of you, we have these little Easter cards attached to uh, your Connect card. And that is for everybody to take, to pass out at your workplace, in your neighborhood, anybody that you would love to invite during our Easter season here at Legacy. Some people who never are in church will come and be a part of Easter and what a privilege it is to host them and to let them experience what Gabe was talking about, the opportunity for us to lower them through the roof to have an encounter with Jesus. So let what he shared this morning be a prophetic declaration of how we're gonna share our faith this week, this month, and every day moving forward. But you are dismissed this morning. Come forward if you want prayer. We'll see you this Wednesday night. We love you. We love you. See you this week.